everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. This is my fourth message in the series called Hope in the Soul. The previous messages in this series were to set the stage for what it truly means to have continual hope in the soul. Now, if you missed them, be sure to go back and watch or listen to those messages. These messages about having hope in the soul are centered around faith, but faith needs a little help to be truly effective in your life. Jesus died so that we can each be experiencing the resurrected life fully in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. The message for today is called Faith, Hope, Love. In a separate message I spoke on 1 Corinthians 13, and that the only unstoppable power in the universe is love. I know that people have so many differing understandings about what love means, and we could very easily miss the power and the wonder of what this is talking about. The more I prayed about this, I realized that God was showing me that we still had not really gotten to the heart of what these verses are talking about. Why is it that we look only at chapter 13 and we try to find meaning in love as if it's a standalone power. Even the verses we often quote are not limited to love alone, and yet we still call it the love chapter. I think it's time to look again. Let's see what we might have been missing. As I looked for context, I began reading further and further away from what could be seen as the defining chapter in the search for love. And I went all the way to the beginning of Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, and I discovered that it all started with grace. Yeah, in, actually, I'd like to read that 1 Corinthians 1, 4. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Now, as I go over these verses today, I feel like God is reminding me that Every aspect of this amazingly powerful combination is a gift. This gift comes directly from Him. We are not the source, and we will always fall short if we try to produce what only He can give. As I read on through 1 Corinthians, I found many different areas of advice where Paul is telling them how to be successful in their pursuit of God. He, talk, he talked about headship in marriage, he talked about unity in the body of Christ. He showed them the importance of communion and how a proper understanding of these areas affects our daily lives. In chapter 7, Paul talked about principles of marriage and even the benefits of remaining single. Now, don't worry. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get married. He just talked about it, though, and he talked about very specific things. Now, as I continued, I realized that God had given Paul a message that could only be delivered to mature believers. This is not a message for the new and immature Christians whose focus can tend to be only on themselves. Now, as we read these next verses, I, I want you to look at yourself with true humility and realize that full understanding can only come by revelation from God himself. You will not get it just by thinking harder. And I'd like to read in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 6. 
says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. See, he did it so that we could know. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, the natural man does not even, it's not even possible for us to get this just by thinking harder or by even using our natural awareness. Uh, We have to let our spirit inform us. We have to let the Holy Spirit do the teaching. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Ah, interesting. Do you notice that the, the, the way that we understand is not by our own understanding. It's not even our own mind. We have the mind of Christ. Now, we could continue in the basic principles of the kingdom of God. They're easier to grab onto, but... I have such a deep desire to dig deeper with you, to find the mystery that Paul is talking about. Will you go there with me? I feel as if we're standing at the entrance to a cave, and and this cave has been foretold to contain hidden treasure. There's something wonderful to discover, but it requires us to rely solely on the Holy Spirit as he guides us. We got to go step by step. We got to let him guide us. He needs to be the light. If not, we're just walking in darkness. Notice the last phrase of the verses we just read, we have the mind of Christ. This is the promise that gives me great confidence as we pursue deeper and deeper understanding together. Now, back to the question that I started with today. What is hidden in 1 Corinthians 13? And why is the Holy Spirit stopping me to meditate on it once again? Why is it that we, we read chapter 13 and we call it the love chapter? Remember, Paul starts out by talking about all of the amazing things that God has done through him by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but I do want to read a couple of verses at the beginning and the end of 1 Corinthians 13. I'd actually like to read uh, verse 2. Where it says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith 
so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Hmm. Now, Paul sounds like he's speaking from experience here. And regardless whether he's saying this is his experience or not, I think we should stop and realize that this is describing a victorious Christian walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to skip all the way down to the bottom and look at 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, if we want a secret recipe for living a victorious life, this is it right here. Faith plus hope plus love equals a victorious Christian living like Jesus. So where do we go to find teaching on faith? And you've guessed it. We've, we've gotten to know Hebrews 11, but faith is mentioned so many other times in the Word of God. When I looked at these three ingredients in the same verse, I only found it in two other places. It, when I, I did a search for just faith, and I found it 245 times, and almost all of them were in the New Testament. When I searched for hope, I found it 143 times, but most of those were in the Old Testament. I found love mentioned 361 times in almost every book from Genesis to Revelation. Here it is, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. It all begins with hope, though, and that's what we call a positive imagination. We have to picture something in our heart so that our faith has something to attach itself to. See, without the ability to see something clearly in our heart, our faith just waits until it can give substance to something. It begins with hope. This combination has become a daily necessity uh, for, for all of us. And, and really for Paul, it, he lived it every single day. And I would say Jesus lived this way every day of his life. Let's look at what Jesus said in John 5, uh, starting in verse 19. John 5, 19. He says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. There's, I could keep going. These verses are amazing. And when I think of Jesus describing how he, how he lived, he lived by connection with the Father, through obviously through the power of the Holy Spirit. But did you notice that it began with Jesus seeing what his father was doing? And that's called hope. This is, it really was, it began with hope and then it was activated by his faith and then his love for the father 
and then also from the Father was the combination to accomplish all that he did. It was faith, hope, and love. You know, we are placed here to accomplish the will of the Father just as Jesus was. God has placed his Spirit in us so that we can also see with our heart what he is wanting to do. When you get a mental picture of something God is showing you, allow your faith to swell and surround that mental picture. It will begin to give it substance. And as it begins to happen, turn your heart toward God, toward your Father, in full love, adoration, and worship. And when you look back around, you will find over and over that the thing that you pictured in your heart has happened in the natural, in in the physical world. See, it doesn't happen just by trying to make it happen. It happens through love. See, God's love for people can only be shown through his body, and that is us. In fact, I actually uh, am connected with a group that I teach overseas, and and it's amazing to me. Uh, The one one lady had a story about where there was a death, actually, and she, she was just overcome with love. And this love, she couldn't stop it. This love just reached out and she, she raised the, the person from the dead without thinking, I'm going to raise them from the dead. She just loved them so deeply and she, she just spoke what she saw. She saw them being raised back up and she said, be filled with life and, and the, the person raised back up. But it didn't happen by just trying to guts it out and trying to be someone who raises someone from the dead. It just happened by the combination of first hope or picturing it and then her faith and then being empowered by love. In 1 Corinthians 5, I'd like to look at that as well because it's really, well, you'll see. If, if I'll read 1 Corinthians uh, 5 and starting in verse 8. So, Verse 8 says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Ah, so he starts out saying these three things. He says, breastplate of faith and love. So this is protecting our heart. This is really the, the essence, the core of who we are, is where we are at in our soul. But as as a helmet, the hope of salvation. See, it all begins with salvation. It begins with hope. And I could keep going. I could read down through First Corinthians, uh, First Thessalonians five. And in fact, I'm going to read uh, verse twenty-three just because. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24 says, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So, notice he he combines them, spirit, soul, and body. Actually, when I go through these couple verses here that I just read, I see the, the combination. I see spirit, soul, and body, and I can't help but think hope, faith, and love. It begins with hope, and hope and faith are in our spirit and our soul, but love is in our body, because that's where action is taken to accomplish what is in our spirit and our soul. 
So this hope in the soul, and what I'm, I'm drawing to is that it begins with hope in the spirit, then, then goes to hope in the soul, but without the hope in the body, all of the, the rest of it doesn't actually accomplish anything. So this is why I'm bringing this out that love is, is truly the greatest power in the universe. Without love, nothing is accomplished on the earth. James even said in, in James 2.20, faith without works is dead. So he combines it. He says you can't just have hope in the spirit. You can't just have hope in the soul. It has to be worked out, and it's the combination. So we are here for a very specific purpose. And the enemy has a very specific purpose in trying to destroy both our, ho- our hope and our faith. His goal is to keep the works of love from happening on the earth. And we'll get into this when when I teach hope in the body. But I wanted to mention it here because it's such an important ingredient into kindling truly the hope in our soul. So my encouragement to you is to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what the Father is doing so that you can allow your hope to be kindled. Put your faith to work by giving substance to your hope and then love others by putting all this into action. The world is waiting to see the love of the Father displayed in us as his children. Remember, God is never angry with you if you miss it, and he's always guiding each of us to greater and greater access of his goodness by faith, hope, and love. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.